Hey friends, it's your terminally curious host Megan back for episode 4 of I Draw Dead People. So, I'm just wondering, would you donate your body to science? Hey friends, guess what I just did? I deleted all of the audio for this episode, and so I'm back to record it again. Dang it. So why did I ask that uh, before the music? Well, I thought I would talk today about Cadaver Lab and how that's figured into my life as a medical illustrator and an anatomist. I know that the cadaver lab is a bit of a mystery to a lot of folks and can conjure all kinds of feelings from awe to revulsion to curiosity to nervousness. And I want you to know that all of that is totally normal. And those of us who've gone to a cadaver lab have all felt mixtures of those things at one time or or another. It's very in-your-face, the cadaver lab, especially if you're one of the people doing the dissection. So my history with it is that when I was an undergrad, actually after I graduated from the Art Institute of Chicago with my art degree and I was getting ready to apply to graduate school, I took more science courses um, with the thought that that would be a great preparation for medical illustration, which it it was. Um to no one's surprise. So, spoiler alert, it helped. So, if you're out there and you want to be a medical illustrator, I encourage you to, during your undergraduate, or however you make it, to the choice to get an education in medical or scientific illustration to spend some time in both the arts and in science. That's a very, very boiled down piece of advice, but that's the, that is the truth. That is how I feel. So I was taking these science classes and they offered anatomy and physiology and I thought that would be awesome. So I signed up and unbeknownst to me, they had a cadaver, which was very unusual for where I'm from and an incredible opportunity. And I knew it would give me a bit of an edge going into what I hoped was the Johns Hopkins Medical Illustration Program, which... You know, if you know anything about Johns Hopkins' reputation, they're a pretty elite school. So I wanted to do everything I could to be prepared. So I took this course, and it was an incredible course with one of my favorite, favorite instructors of all time. And yeah, I learned from the cadaver. Now, that cadaver was prosected, which means that the professor... And his assistant would do all of the dissection and then they would use it, you know, as an instructive tool. So we would go over to the cadaver and stand around it and structures and things would be pointed out to us so that we could, you know, use that to reinforce what we were learning in the books, which was incredible. As a visual learner, which I'm assuming some of you are as well, you know, nothing like it. So... It was an incredible experience. And I have to say, not an alarming one. You know, I was not put off by the cadaver experience that first time. I was not nervous about it. I was excited about it. 
if I can say that. Um, I looked forward to it every single time I got a chance to learn from it. It's just an un- incredible gift. An incredible, it's, an inte- it's, it's just an incredible gift. I mean, really, I might say that a million times in this episode because it really is. So after that, <clears throat> fast forward a couple years, and I am in the Johns Hopkins Medical Illustration Program. And we do a couple things related to cadavers. First thing, one of the very first things you do is you take a course called Sketching and Dissection, which is your was my very first experience doing dissection of a cadaver. I dissected all kinds of, you know, other animals in comparative anatomy courses and your basic biology courses, of course, um, mostly in high school. But I'd never, never, never dissected um the human body. So this was my first experience. So you get in your scrubs and you go in and there's you know, big, huge metal tables with a cadaver each. And we were in groups and we had our sketchbooks and we had our dissecting tools. So scalpels and forceps and scissors, um, all kinds of tools. And Pencils, of course, for the sketchbooks. Erasers for the sketchbooks. Um, I had some colored pencils with me uh, just for blood vessels, you know. And we had to do this dissection using the aid of a book called Grant's Dissector, which is kind of, or at least it was, I haven't looked into it these days, but it was the um, standard for learning to dissect the body. Um, So we had our Grant's Dissector, and we would go system by system and dissecting the body and doing sketches. And we were required to do a certain number of sketches from a certain areas of the body and then present them. So we were learning and dissecting at the t- same time, which just, I mean, you know, I was just mentioning I'm a visual learner. Like, holy moly, that's next level visual learning. It's like hands on and I'm sketching and I'm making notes like it was perfection. So... It was a wonderful way to start my life as a medical illustrator, I will tell you that. Uh, And then immediately after that, you take anatomy and physiology with the med students of Johns Hopkins, which is a very elite group. And that's about a hundred and I don't remember how many people were in that cadre when I was in there. But suffice it to say, the lab was completely different. It was I think 30 cadavers with four people per table, something like that. And some of us in the medical illustration program, you know, had med students as dissection partners, which was super fun. And so my table did. And we we were such a great group. And I also think that it's an awesome way for med students to learn that we exist as medical illustration folks. And they're like, you do what? Also, we wore long lab coats, which med students usually have their little short coats. So they tend to view people with long coats as being doctors, you know, MDs, done, like, you know, finished training. And we're walking in there with our long coats. And I remember them commenting on it. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. They just, we got lab coats. What can I say? But, you know, so... Yeah, I, I think that it was a great learning experience from both sides. So they get to learn that we exist, which still to this day is something I'm, you know, challenged by. People don't realize that what I do is a job, which I totally understand. Um, it gives me something to talk about for sure. 
I enjoy answering the question, what do you do for your job? I enjoy it thoroughly. So yeah, there's that. And then, you know, we got to learn what it's like to work alongside exceptionally smart people uh, who know a lot about the body and have really like strong work ethic and things. So that was, it was a lot of fun. I have to say it was a lot of fun, that experience, but also it was incredibly profound. And I think I already said that about my other experience, but this one, this was, you know, I knew I was in it when I was in this course. This course was hard and as, you know, versed as I am in anatomy at the time, I was not as versed. I was still not even thinking about doing a PhD in anatomy and I was obviously still a student in medical illustration. So I'd only had one course in anatomy before this. And so it was, it was extremely challenging. And also they crammed the entire human body into a two month course. It's boot camp, man. You are in it to win it. So it was, you know, it was lecture and lab every single day. So I was in scrubs all the time and I smelled of preservative all the time. And I have this Irish porous hair of mine that would just suck up that smell. You know, like if you have hair like mine, you know, you go to, you you come within a hundred feet of somebody smoking and you smell like smoke. Yeah. It's like that. So I smelled of cadaver all the time, all the time. (laughs) It was just like no getting rid of it. You could not wash it out. And it's one of those, it was the first time that I realized that memory could be associated with a smell. So any time since then that I have smelled a smell that smells like that, I'm immediately like, where's the cadaver? Where, 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 eh? Lab? Lab? Preserved specimen somewhere? And it's not what you think. It's not, um, there was no smells of anything rotting or, you know, decomposing. It wasn't like that. In fact, if you smelled something like that, that was bad. That meant the like preser- preservation of the body was not the best. So it really, really was very rare to smell anything like that. It was very chemical smell. And if you know it, you know what I'm talking about. My book smelled like it. You know, my dissector by the end, like the pages were almost translucent from the amount of chemicals because, you know, I've got gloves on, I've got my hands in a body and then I'm flipping pages and then I'm trying to sketch my sketchbook. And yeah, it, (laughs) it is not a clean situation. It's clean in the term, in terms of, you know, there's no bacteria or viruses or things like that, but it is messy and I loved it. So we did continue doing sketching in the big lab as I'll call it. And this time we got a little more serious with our drawings and we were doing actual long drawings. So drawings that were very detailed, you know, pulling out all the stops, um, fully labeled, you know, just like you would see in a textbook. So you had to go in after hours when no one else was there to kind of, you know, work on the area that you wanted to draw. And I can tell you this anecdote uh, warning, I'm going to be kind of graphic about the human body, um, for a moment. So if you don't want to hear this, you can forward a few seconds and I'm sure I'll be done. But I was drawing the anatomy of the knee and that's a complicated area. And it was more, even more complicated with the full leg intact Now, we had dissected to the point where 
the leg was all the way down to the joint. So this was not me cutting through like flesh as in, as in like I'm like me walking up to you and cutting your leg off. It wasn't like that. It was more like I sawed the femur with a handsaw to detach it from the rest of the leg so that I could see the anatomy the way I needed to see it. So there was that. That happened. And by the way, I was alone. It was at night. Um, and there were 30 cadavers in the lab and me. So there was a moment there where I was a little like, uh, I think this is how a horror movie might start. Maybe I should like wrap it up and get out of here. Because <laughs> I'm only human, right? <laughs> and also I grew up in the 80s and lived on Elm Street. So, you know, you do the, oh, and a block from a cemetery. So you do the math there. You know, I have a rich imagination as well. <laughs> So, but, uh, and oh my God, you know, best illustration. I love doing that illustration. I have a, quite a thing for joints and, and bones in general. So as you know, a few episodes ago, I drew a bone with you guys and I have a lot of, you know, other anecdotes when you do a dissection that goes all the way down and you do the entire body front to back, that entire dissector, you go all the way down, man, you take apart everything and you know I have sawed a head in half like so that there was a right and a left side um I have removed a penis from a body I have disarticulated a hip joint which is extremely difficult uh, when no one else would do it, I tied off the lower bowel and removed the entire digestive system out of the abdominal cavity. And yes, there was poop. <laughs> I have cut open a human heart, a human lung, a liver, every organ, every organ. It's in, in, you know, and that's not to say that I'd like to brag about that or, ooh, look at me and look how creepy and weird I am. It's not like that at all. It, when I think back about that and I think about the opportunity to do that, all I feel is respect and reverence because that was a gift and those folks who donated their bodies to science and that we got to learn from they don't know the gift they gave you know they say that your first cadaver is your first patient in med school and i believe that that's true and it teaches you a lot about respect and who you are and how you handle a challenging situation, working alongside others in a challenging situation, I would never trade it for anything. And I know there's been some movement towards using 3D um, virtual cadaver labs. And sometimes you can actually find them in libraries too, which is very cool um, and, and, and also an amazing tool and a lot of you know, my fetical, fetical, that's not a word, fellow medical illustrators were involved in a lot of these projects because there's a whole subset of medical illustration that's 3D animation, which is not where I roll, by the way, because I don't have that set of skills at all. So super big props to them. Anyway, <laughs> it's a really cool tool and it's definitely a cleaner tool and it's definitely something where you can 
go through the body multiple times, and that's amazing, but I don't think it replaces what a cadaver dissection is. Not only for what I just talked about, which is the first patient idea, but also it's... If you study anatomy and the body, you know, that change that comes from it being theoretical to being real, I think it absolutely solidifies purpose and understanding in the human that's doing it. Um, I know that was true for me, and I know I saw it in a lot of other folks. I have to say... When I did a lot of my dissection work, I was unfamiliar and unacquainted with death. And I think that that helped me learn. Um, It would be interesting for me to do some of that work now. Um, I think initially it would be challenging. Um, At this stage in my life, I've lost both of my parents. I am 20 years older than I was back then, so life has happened. And I I think initially it would be challenging for me. I really do. I do. Um, But not anything I couldn't overcome. And there's nothing like being in a cadaver lab and learning from the cadaver. If you ever get the opportunity to do so, I highly recommend that you do it. You will be amazed. You will be amazed. Um, We are a wonder You know, our insides are an absolute wonder and so unbelievably cool. I absolutely geek out at the idea. (laughs) I would like to separate this out into a couple more episodes where I also talk about what it's like in the autopsy suite, which has its similarities and its absolute differences that are essential to learning, and then also the OR, which I've spent more time in than both cadaver labs and autopsy suites combined. Um, All three are incredible parts of being a medical illustrator and an anatomist, and those of us who get the real privilege of using these tools, it's, it's incredible. So hopefully I haven't just, you know, filled this entire episode full of superlatives that have lost their meaning. (laughs) I'm being very sincere about this. And I want to thank my friend Kathy who requested this episode. Uh, If you have an episode or a topic you would like for me to talk about, I am more than happy to do that. So please drop me a message. Um, Hopefully you know where I am. I'm Megan Foldenauer. F-O-L-D-E-N-A-U-E-R. And um, you can find me on Instagram. That's where I spend most of my social media time. At Megan Foldenauer Creative, which is all one word. My website is Megan Loves to Draw. And so is my Facebook artist page. And then, you know, my weird old Twitter, which is super old, is R-E-D-M-E-G-8, which used to be my handle on message boards way back in the day. And I haven't felt like getting rid of that Twitter so it still exists. So you can come find me there. I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm on Spotify. And I have a Patreon, which is Megan Loves to Draw. And I haven't talked about it very much because I'm really nervous about it. But over there right now, um, you can become a patron, which means you give me a little bit of money each month to help support my work. 
And right now, um, the two levels that give you stuff, one level you get an enamel pin from me, and another level you get the enamel pin, but you also get a piece of art. So if you've ever wanted a tiny piece of anatomical art from me, um, you can become a patron. So that's patron, Patreon, so P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Megan Loves to Draw. And even if you don't know if you want to do that, I suggest going over there and checking it out because it's an amazing platform to support artists and I support several people over there as well. And the last thing I will say is that if you are in the Southeast Michigan area, I am having an in-person real live art show. I am the first artist who will be showing at the Stone and Spoon Gallery, which is above the Stone and Spoon store in Ypsilanti, Michigan, which is where I live. Um, the address is 110 South Michigan. I think it's South. But anyway, it's 110 Michigan. And it will be on the first Friday of November, which is November 5th. The opening is from 5 to 8 p.m. I will be there. And you will see a really large cross-section of all of my eye drawings and paintings. Um, it's going to be incredible. My really big art, if you're familiar with it, will be there. My very large drawings that are about 4 by 9 feet. Um, there will be some of the roller derby portraits that I've done and a lot of the small art as well. So I really hope you can come out and it should be up for the remainder of November. But drop me a line if you're interested in or have any questions. Um, you can get me at Megan at Megan com. That's my email. And I hope you like this episode and I hope we'll come back next time. And until then, enjoy the fall, you guys. If you're in North America, it is coming on strong and I love it. All right, back to my Diet Coke and contemplation.